Well, good morning. It's great to see you here. It's great to see you there. That's an easy act to follow because I've got some bad jokes too because I'm a dad. This week is Checkpoint Sunday, and I'm glad that you came in to check in with us. We want to uh, just stop, kind of take a little bit of stock of where we've been. I know that the season started uh, seemingly a little bit sooner this year. Um, I even convinced some friends to turn their lights on sooner. So that's, uh, that's new for some of you. Our tree's been up for at least a week already, uh, and it's the end of November. And strangely, I'm totally okay with that. Checkpoint Sunday. I'm not sure if you've had the experience I've had. Maybe you've gone to some of our regional forests and you've seen, you've seen that six by six coming out of the ground. It's cut at an angle on the top. It has a little placard on top and it's a map. And on the map is a series of letters and numbers along with lines, some of them are different colors. And on the front of the post is one letter and a number. And that's a signpost. That's really what Checkpoint Sunday is about. It's our opportunity to come and, and stop at a signpost and, and look at the signpost and go, F10. We look at the map and we go, where in the world is F10? And we scan and we scan and we scan, and finally there's F10. And then we look back at where the parking lot was, and we realize that F10 is completely the opposite direction from where we thought we were going. So we have a choice to make. We double back, and we start again. Or we look at what we have available to us, and we adjust our route to get to our destination. That's what Checkpoint Sunday is about. And for each of us, the experience at F10 is going to be different. For some of us, it's right in line with where we wanted to go, and for others of us, it's exactly the opposite direction from where we wanted to go. Without these markers or checkpoints, we would certainly have been lost many times. That was my experience with a friend in the forest in the last couple of weeks. We got to this checkpoint, we knew exactly where we were, and we're like, okay, we're, we're tracking really well. We had to be efficient because sunlight was fading, and we're like, well, we want to get to here, so we're going to look for this checkpoint, then this checkpoint, and this checkpoint. One left, two rights, and a left. Got it. And you know what happens, I pull away from that, and I'm like, Two lefts, one right, I have no idea. You got it still? Oh yeah, I've got it, okay, cool. So off we go and we pull up to the next checkpoint and we're expecting to see F12. And it's F7. Yeah. Awesome, I love when that happens. It gives us that opportunity to use all of our skills and to figure out how we're gonna handle the situation. Years ago I attended a navigation clinic uh, to prepare me for some races that me and some others were doing. And I'll never forget the one statement the instructor made. You can go twice as fast in the wrong direction. So we're just going to pause this morning. We're going to pump the brakes. We're going to throw the anchor down. We're going to figure out where we are and where we're heading. Christmas. Christmas is surrounded with gifts. There are lots of kinds of gifts, and if you're online and you, you feel so inspired, you can just name some of the gifts that you think of. I, I, I always think of, you know, the, the long, strange box. What in the world could that one be? Or, or some are more obvious, or we think they are. 
Some are even more obvious, and if you think you know what that is, go nuts, but be careful. See, the thing about gifts is I love the whole gift thing. The problem is not many people around me share the passion for gifts that I have. My family might fit into that category. I'm that person. You've, you already know who the person is, don't you? Oh, Terry, this gift is for you. Oh, thank you very much. Is that you? It, maybe it isn't, but you have one in your family, because we all do. I'm that person. I want to know, is it the familiar wiggle of Lego? Because we all know Lego before we take the paper off, don't we? We all know it, right? But of course, some of them are just so obvious because this is either the new earrings that back in the day the Sears catalog page got left open to. I don't know if we leave something in our browser now so people can see what we, I don't know what, what you do to uh, make those subtle suggestions, but it's definitely not the new watch because that box is a different shape. So it's earrings, it could be a bracelet. I don't think it's the shape, it's been a while since this, but I don't think it's the shape of a diamond ring but it's somewhere in that neighborhood. And the value of this small box can be exponentially different than the value of this box, which clearly is not earrings. But I love that game. I, uh, I find a lot of excitement in trying to figure out what the gift is before I take the wrapping off the gift. The sad thing is, often after I open it, I think to myself, it was more fun thinking about it and opening it than what was really in the gift because some gifts, when you open them, they're, they're empty. At least if you get gifts from me because that's part of the fun. And there might be a note taped at the bottom of the box, but that's all my joy of the gift. Years ago uh, in, in my family, we did what a lot of families do as we age. We, we move into that stage where it's too expensive and too much work to buy for everyone in your family because now there's kids and there's in-laws and outlaws and, and everybody just comes together and, and it can be overwhelming. So maybe you've done this in your family. We draw names, right? So one year I draw my oldest sister's name. <laughs> it's like, this is gold. This is Christmas gold because if you want to prank somebody at Christmas, this is the person I want to prank. This is the person I want to, I want to like have her go through that process and, and wonder what in the world is it and just like completely... You know, I'm that person. I'm that, I'm that person. So I actually got her a box, and it, it was a lot like this box right here, actually. And uh, my sister picked it up, and, and unlike this one, because this is a prop, uh, it was, it was kind of heavy on one end and light on the other end. And, uh, and she wasn't really sure what to, uh, what to make of it. So I, I, of course, as a you know, kind younger brother, gave her lots of clues and and tried to make it as easy on her as possible, and uh, I did nothing of the sort. I let her, I let her worry about it, and, and she wondered, and she, she kind of did what I do. Do you do this? You don't want to open the whole thing. You just want to open it enough to see if you can see what's written on the end of the box, but not the whole box, because you don't want it to be given away right away. That's what I do. And, and as she opens it and rips it, she, she sees the letter T, and that doesn't help her, so she continues on a little more, and then she sees the word title. And, and some of you have received this gift, and you're excited. 
Uh, Dan Murphy, I think, is likely one of these people if he's received this gift because titleist is what it says. And, and then, you know, some of you golfers are already thinking that's just about the right, the right size there, right? For, for a golf driver or a golf club. But my sister doesn't golf. And remember, it's heavy at one end and it's light at the other. But what I had done is I had, I had actually wrapped up one of my sister's favorite things, and that's Diet Coke. And I had filled one can after the next can, after the next can, after the next can, until I ran out of cans and stuffed the rest full of cardboard and paper so it wouldn't roll back and forth and it wouldn't give it away. <laughs> Wasn't that clever? <laughs> I thought that was awesome. But as I said earlier, not everyone shares my joy for gift-giving and pranking. And I'll never forget my sister in her, in her way sat back and, and looked at me and said these very uh, memorable words. Oh, brother. <laughs> and I said, what did you expect? because that's how I give gifts. Gifts come in a lot of different packages. Uh, 22 years ago this week, 22 years ago this week, I remember seeing my parents run across the hospital parking lot from our window on the fourth floor where Sharon lay in the hospital bed. I remember it very clearly because my parents would have had to have driven about three hours to get there. And in the time that it took them to get there, my in-laws had also stopped what they were doing that day to be there. Um, we felt a lot of support. It was, it was really amazing. Uh, and I'm glad that they were there because it would, it would turn out to be a long day. It turned out to be one of those days you remember. And you remember a lot of the details. Uh, and then when you talk to someone else about it, you remember how little you remembered about some of the details. But I do remember doctors and nurses in and out of the room hour after hour, because at five o'clock that morning is when we realized we're not going to work today, it's time to get to the hospital. And so at seven o'clock we were at the hospital, in and out, in and out, in and out, long day. Nurses and doctors, in and out, not knowing what to do, not knowing what the right next step was to do before the, the decision was finally made and the whirlwind continued and off Sharon went to surgery. And the moments after that, I, I remember them very clearly um, although I couldn't put a face or a name or a haircut or a size or a shape to the nurse who was in front of me, I still can very clearly remember pulling on a gown and those shoe covers that are made for much smaller feet than mine. And I can remember putting on that, that surgery, surgical type hat and, and, uh, and then a mask, uh, which was not common at that point. Um, and I can remember that it seemed like that took forever, and yet it only took a matter of minutes. And then I was ushered in back to Sharon's side. And in that moment of getting all that, that different garment on for me, um, you've likely experienced that sinking feeling in your stomach. I had it. The one that, that can't decide if it's going to throw up or if you're going to be able to swallow again. And I had it. Now back at Sharon's side, really the next thing I remember is hearing the doctor in his deep, strong voice repeat the answer 
to the question he had just asked us. And he said, Joshua. That was the day our first son was born. Memorable. Didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Didn't happen the way we thought it would happen. Didn't happen on the schedule we planned for it to happen. Nine months of anticipation from that pregnancy test to the doctor confirming that the pregnancy test was right to all the appointments with the OBGYN, the baby showers, um, Sharon's lunchtime naps at work in her car in the parking garage, um, those horse-sized pills, vitamins, the gifts, the well wishes from family and friends, and of course that mashed potato craving. The anticipation of our baby's arrival was only outdone by the arrival. But what did I expect? As we look at a passage of Scripture this morning that we go to a lot, this chapter in the book of Luke chapter 2, we often read portions of chapter 2, and sometimes we don't get to this section. But I'd like to read it with you this morning. And it's right around our Christmas story. Because Christmas is the celebration of Jesus coming. And what we forget sometimes is that long before Jesus came, there was, there was interaction between the Holy Spirit and other people that said, the Messiah is going to come. And that's kind of the backstory to where we get to in chapter 2 and verse 22. And I'll start reading there. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And they also went to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation or comfort of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So we'll just stop there for a second and just recap. We'll give you the Coles Note version. So Simeon. Simeon, a righteous and devout man. It's the kind of way I'd like to be described at some point in my life when somebody says, Terry, yeah, righteous, devout. Great description. He'd also had this promise given to him by the Holy Spirit that he would see the Messiah before he died. It doesn't really say how long before, but he's active in the temple. He's continuing to stay devoted. He's continuing to, to live a good life, to be a righteous man. That's Simeon. Moved by the Spirit, as we go on in verse 22, 28, I'm sorry. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. And he said this. Sovereign Lord, you have promised You may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them 
said to Mary his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Jesus. He was going to be one that revealed the truth. He was going to be the truth teller. He was going to bring light to things. Then we have another character. Then there's Anna. Anna was a prophet. She was very old. She'd lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God which makes me think she recognized the Messiah as well. And then she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was on him. Simeon, righteous and devout, told by the Holy Spirit that he'd see the Messiah before he died. Do you ever relate to these stories and go, what would I have done? I haven't lived a long life yet, relative to many, but if I'd been told something at at 30 years of age, and this would happen before I would turn 60, I wonder if I would still be, you know, righteous and devout? Or if that might be a struggle for me and I'd be wandering around the forest looking for the signpost, wondering which way I'm going still. I kind of feel like that's the type of response that I would often give. And then Anna, 84 years of age, and she's still busy worshiping, fasting, and praying. Uh, You could describe her as devout as well, I think. But what did they expect? In our Advent reading today, uh, Zaid and Marie reminded us that Jesus came to be our Prince of Peace. And I really like um, that when we stop to realize where these words come from and what they mean, we, we actually, we get more out of it. Because when I hear peace, I think of people not yelling in the house. I think of me feeling calm. And yet, this morning as they read, peace, shalom, completeness. Completeness. Prince of completeness. And then I think of Simeon's story, and I think, Simeon, after seeing the Messiah, Scripture says, in my translation, it's okay for me to die now. The Prince of Peace, the Messiah for Simeon, was the completion of what he needed. Completeness. I, I've got to tell you, I think that um, if I had to choose between my vision of what peace is, you know, 
quiet in the house, no one's yelling, I feel calm, and completeness, I'm going to choose completeness. I'm going to choose completeness. I, I think that uh, this piece over here, the piece that sometimes we envision when we think about, uh, about forest scenes and maybe manger scenes and, and the baby Jesus, we think of that, um, you know, the quiet baby as opposed to the yelling and screaming baby. The peaceful scene, you know, the cattle are lowing, the poor baby wake, you know the song. But little Lord Jesus, right? Peace. But that little baby, that little Lord Jesus, brings us completeness. That little Lord Jesus brings us completeness at this time of year. So in the hustle and bustle of, of uh, trying to figure out when you go to a store when there's no lineup, which is going to be very different than going to a store with a whole bunch of other people, you're going to be looking for Terry's definition of peace. And what I'd really hope is that as, as you navigate through this season, you'll, you'll not be satisfied with getting to F10, but you'll realize that the goal is to get to completeness and to wellness. That is something that, uh, if you're honest with yourself, you've tried to find. I've tried to find. And I can't find it on my own. And you may hear this for the first time this morning, or you may hear it out loud for the first time this morning, but you will not find completeness and peace on your own. It only comes through the Messiah. It only comes through the baby Jesus. It only comes through Jesus, who grew in wisdom and stature. It only comes through that relationship. I hope that uh, this Christmas season, which has started early, will last long. Our lights went on early, and I'm not saying keep your lights on until July, um, but really what I'm encouraging you is to, is to keep the completeness of Christmas and what Jesus does in coming for us and let that impact your life long past the candles and the wintry scenes long past right now. Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent your son. As Graham reminded us early, you loved us so much that you gave you were the original gift giver. We're so grateful. As we receive of that gift, as we accept Christ, I pray that we would experience the completeness you promise from the Prince of Peace. We thank you, Lord, that at this time of year there are many who struggle with this season because of a lack of peace. So if that person would be in my earshot this morning, I'm praying for them. Lord, that you would reach them where they are and you would expose yourself to them. They would know who you are with great clarity. The Prince of Peace sent as a gift. Interesting fact. 
Michael Card wrote that song. We were at a conference, Sharon and I were at a conference in Chicago. Michael Card was the musician at the conference. And that's where we found out we were expecting Josh. So the baby, we go from the baby to the boy, to the adolescent, to the man who came with God's directions as to what his life would be about. And his life wasn't about coming as a baby. His life was about dying as a man. It's such a strange transition to try and think through that at Christmas because we'd like to stay with the cuddly baby as long as it's in Terry's definition of peace. We like the cuddly baby. But the the truth of the reality of the whole thing is the baby came to be the Savior. And as we think about the life of Christ, a life that I'll tell you in the pages of my Bible, I've likely poured over those pages more than any other pages, is what did Jesus do? What was he like? How did he handle this? What did he do when the crowds went crazy? What was up with flipping over the tables in the temple? What was up with keeping his mouth shut when he knew death was inevitable? See, the thing about Jesus, baby, boy, adolescent man, he knew what to expect. He knew his purpose. He knew the the map, the whole map on the signpost. He knew the whole thing. So when it came for him to meet with his disciples, as many of you know the story, he met with his disciples for that that last supper, and that's what we celebrate at communion. We celebrate that last supper, and, and and we can imagine, because we've, we've seen the pictures and we, we've, we've heard the history, they would be reclining at the table because chairs weren't a thing then. And, and I have to wonder, what would Jesus have been like? What would, what, would, what would have been stirring in his gut at that moment? I know what was stirring in my gut when I'm pulling on the, the gown and the cap and the, the shoe covers. And, and I know a baby's coming. And Jesus is, is in a similar situation. He knows death is coming. And, and yet he stops with his disciples. He eats with them. He hangs out with them. And then he tells them to remember. In 1 Corinthians 11, starting at verse 23, it says this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed. On that night, not months ahead, on that night, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Speaking to his disciples, the people that have been around him the most, his closest followers, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So as we take 
the wafer and the wine this morning, remember the context of when Jesus did this with his disciples. Remember that he knew what he was going to be doing. He knew what to expect. And he still stopped because it's so important that we remember. And he said this to his closest followers who must have had a pretty good idea how Jesus thought. He still said, remember this, people. Remember. Remember this. Do this. And when you do this, remember why I was born as a baby. Remember. Maybe this Christmas, as you remember the baby, you'll remember the Savior. Let's partake together.